Hello, and welcome back to She Inspires Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jade, board-certified family medicine physician, wellness and weight loss specialist, and owner of Inspire Primary Care in Las Vegas. And on this podcast, we discuss how busy professionals balance wellness. And today, we've got a special topic for y'all. We are going to be discussing all things direct primary care, all things direct primary care. I'm so excited to introduce our special guest today who's going to be joining me for this conversation, board certified family medicine physician and owner of the direct primary care practice Infusion Health and Wellness in Sacramento, California. And she also practices with an emphasis on preventive and obesity medicine in California, Dr. Latifa Pacheco, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Dr. Jade, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so I'm family medicine physician, board certified, and I basically opened up my primary care, my direct primary care in January of this year. Um, I do a lot of weight loss. Um, I help patients with their primary care needs, so high blood pressure, diabetes, et cetera. I also do a little bit of aesthetics as well. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to get into all of that. You've got so much that you do in your practice and how you serve your patients. And I'm excited about this conversation about direct primary care. You know, people who listen to the podcast and who follow our socials, join our social media family at Dr. JMD, y'all. But people who see all of that, they see me talk about why I love direct primary care and why I think I'm providing a much higher quality of care to my patients through doing a membership model. So, but for some of the listeners, they may still not know exactly what direct primary care is, or it just may be helpful for them to hear about what it is from somebody who's not Dr. J. So Dr. (laughs) Pacheco, how do you explain what direct primary care is? Yeah. So I tell my patients, it's basically a membership model. Patients pay me a monthly membership fee and it's a low monthly membership fee. So it's, it's a lot less than the cost that you'd pay for insurance for your family each month. And you get to see me as often as you, as you need to, you get to spend an hour, 30 minutes longer if needed with me. We get to discuss all of your concerns and not have to rush you out of the office and make a new appointment. Um, it's just about quality time. That's what direct primary care is all about. Yeah, I like to tell people because direct primary care itself, people may not be familiar with that term. And a question I get asked a lot is, is this like concierge? And I try to explain to them that, you know, some concierge practices may also bill insurance in their office in addition to charging a membership, but direct primary care does not do that. So I think explaining it to people just as a membership medical practice, people in my practice and in my town have found that to just be a term that's more understandable and more familiar because we all know Netflix and Costco and that those are memberships. So if I just say that for primary care, I think it clicks better for people. Correct. Okay. So I love this next question. All right, y'all, we have so many good things to talk about. So let me, I'm excited. Okay. So doc, doc, here's my next question. I got the cheat code. Okay. I got the cheat code. I heard about direct primary care and I learned about it while I was in residency. So I started my practice straight from residency and I was already miserable with how the conveyor belt experience of doctors having to be in and out 10 minutes. Like that was my experience as a resident in the insurance-based system, but I never got the full 
experience of that misery, if you will, as an attending after residency. And so I want, and a lot of patients, of course, don't know the experience the experience from the doctor's perspective of what it's like to be an insurance-based primary care doctor and why a lot of primary care doctors are going in this direction. And the reasons they assume are probably not the reasons. So in your opinion and in your experience, can you share what it was like to be an insurance-based primary care doctor and why you decide, sorry, an insurance-based primary care doctor, yes, and why you decided to transition to being a direct primary care doctor? Got it. So I'm just going to be honest. It it's it sucked, <laughs> just to put it point blank. Um, being in an insurance-based practice, you are just basically, it's like a conveyor belt, in and out, in and out. You got seven minutes with the patient. You can barely, like, catch your breath. You can barely eat. You can barely do anything. And by the time you leave, you're like, what happened? I don't even remember who I saw, what I did. And it's every single day, you know, um, you come home and you're you're exhausted. You can't even spend time with your family. You can't hang out on the weekends because you got all these charts to catch up on, all these messages to answer. So it's just this constant churn and it burns you out. Um, you know, after five years of being at the location where I was, I said, enough is enough. I can't do this. I mean, I have a lot more years to go before I retire. And I said, this cannot be my life. <laughs> so, so I turned to direct primary care. Exactly. And so that was what I experienced as a resident. And I would look at my attendings who were already done with training and, and working and they all looked miserable. And I said to myself, why would I want to spend five to 10 years being miserable like you before I transition to direct primary care. Let me just do it straight from training. And, you know, there's some debate in the direct primary care community as if, you know, if people should do it straight from training or not, I've found it to be the absolute best decision I ever made. But of course, some people, you know, everybody's scenario and, and when it's the right time for them is different. But you mentioned that it sucks because of that conveyor belt. And you mentioned how many patients you had to churn through a day. So can you just give us a picture of how many patients on average you would see in an insurance-based office per day versus, and for how long you would see them versus in your direct primary care practice now? Got it. So prior to COVID, we were seeing maybe about 23 to 27 patients a day. Um, on paper, it says they have 20 minutes with you, but in reality, they got about five to seven minutes with you. Cause by the time the medical assistant rooms them and if, you know, you get their vitals and all that stuff, you got a little bit of window to talk to them. Um, during COVID that ramped up to about 32 patients a day, sometimes more. And we had 10 minutes on paper <laughs> to see them. So you can imagine how fast and how much I had to just cut people off and be like, okay, see you next time. Um, and then they would expect us to just put patients in as we're seeing this many patients, just fit them in wherever you can during lunch. They didn't care. You know, now that I have my direct primary care, um, there's a max, right? We don't rush through our appointments. And so I'm on a busy day. I'm probably seeing about 10 to 12 patients on a beautiful day. I'm seeing maybe three or four. So that's a huge difference. And I think patients don't understand why their doctor seems so rude and <laughs> during residency you know they would they would coach us on a line to say to patients to get out of the room fast right they would tell us okay 
doctor, you cannot be in the room more than 10 minutes. If you're in the room more than 10 minutes, your nurse is going to knock on the door and make an excuse for you to be able to exit. You know, give them this line, you know, start the visit off by saying, I know there's lots of things concerning you, but what are your top one to two things we can address in this 10 minute visit today? I mean, these are how our doctors are being coached and trained. And I just thought that was horrible. I felt horrible. I felt rude. I would have to cut people off. I knew I just couldn't do that. I didn't go into medicine for that. So it sounds like that experience continues after residency in, in, you know, the insurance based system. Absolutely. It's worse. <laughs> I, I, I assume so. I assume so. And so my next question is, you mentioned that it is a low monthly membership because one of the questions I get asked is, why would I pay a membership for primary care if I'm already paying so much for insurance? Or, you know, do doctors just want money? Is it about money that you guys are doing memberships instead of taking the insurance that we already are required to have and pay so much for? And you mentioned that it's a low monthly membership. And so, you know, what is your response to people who really want to use their insurance in the in the primary care office or just feel like it's too expensive? So I, you know, I, I, that becomes a long conversation because people, that's not a, that's not a idea that people are familiar with. So you really got to explain that to them. Um, it's basically, I, I emphasize the quality. I, I bring, I, I draw in like, hey, you know, when you usually see your doctor, how many, how much time do you have with them? Do they address all your concerns? We're here at Infusion Health and Wellness. I'm able to do this, that, that, and you have an entire hour with me. You can text me, you can call me, you can email me. I'm here for you. So that a lot of times people are like, oh, wow, you can, you can do that. Wow. And so it, that kind of just throws that idea out the window about, oh, well, I have insurance. Why do I need you? <laughs> yeah, the access is a big point. And I also tell people that, you know, different people are attracted to this model for different reasons. Some people it's because they don't have insurance, which the beautiful part about this model is if they don't have insurance, it doesn't disqualify you from really high quality care because it's a membership. And then if you have insurance, the average wait here in Vegas, I don't know how it is in Sacramento, is three to six months or more to see a primary care doctor. And it may not be your doctor and it may not be a doctor at all. And it will be that rush 10 minute visit. And so the quality and the access, and you definitely won't be able to text your doctor, like that's never going to happen in an insurance-based office, right? And right. so all of those combination of things may attract someone for, a, you know, for any of those reasons, right? And so, but then another question I get, Doc, is, well, how do I use my insurance in your office? And I try to explain, I'll explain how I do it in my office, but how does that look if they do have insurance and they want to use insurance for things needed outside of the primary care office? How does that work in your office? So I explained to them that 80% of the things that I'm able to take care of as a primary care doctor can be done right here in this office. I do pap smears. I can do abscess and drainage. Matter of fact, I've actually realized I can some of the primary care docs um, do in the bigger insurance-based <laughs> facilities. And so that also, that also is appealing to people. Um, it's, it's that, sorry, I kind of... Can you repeat the question? Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I know I throw a lot at you guys. I throw a lot at you guys. But the common question is, how do they use their insurance when it's, oh, you know, yeah. when they want to use it? 
Yes, yes. So like I said, I can I can manage a lot of things in here, but if they need to see um, someone outside of the, like a surgeon or, the, you know, obviously prenatal care, I don't do those things, um, or the emergency room, then they have to go through their insurance. But if they have a PPO, um, I'm able to write referrals to outside specialists so they can be referred and they don't even have to see their doctor within that network. They can just go through me and I can do it. So it just depends on what insurance they have, but the majority of things can be taken care of right here in this clinic. Exactly. So I try to explain it to people like for most adults, 90% of your healthcare needs are going to be primary care. And those needs can be taken care of in the office under your membership. And for about 10% of those needs that are needed outside of the primary care office, your hospitalization, surgeries, and specialists, that is when you can pull out your insurance card and use it at those places and they will bill your insurance. And so I think people really, it clicks for people when they're like, oh, okay, so I don't have to you know, shred my card all together that I'm paying for. I still will be able to utilize it for those high cost expenses in healthcare. Right. And so the next question I have for you is about the preventive care, lifestyle medicine and obesity medicine, because we both have a passion for that. You know, I'm a wellness focused doc. I have preventive and lifestyle medicine training and certification in obesity medicine. And I've found a way to integrate that into my practice to really beautifully help people transition to a healthier lifestyle and a healthier weight. And so how does the prevention and lifestyle and obesity medicine, how does all of that look in your practice? Yeah, so that obviously is the biggest thing that people come and see me for, and I am so happy to help them with it. This is a huge passion for me, even when I was in residency, to help people lose weight. And so everyone that joins my, um, my weight loss program is automatically a patient of the clinic. And I make that very clear so that way they can enjoy the benefits of my primary care services. Um, they, they see me once a month. Um, sometimes if they're struggling, they can see me more than once a month, however long it takes for them to get off that struggle bus. Um, we go over nutrition counseling, exercise counseling. We discuss what, if, if at all, any weight loss medications need to be um, prescribed. Um, it's just a beautiful journey to see people lose weight, potentially come off of their medications. I mean, they're, they're so happy at the end of the, the, the program that they refer, thank, thankfully, they refer all their friends to me. And so that's what's helped me grow the business as well. Yes, the weight loss component is such a big thing these days. And I love for people to understand that, you know, obesity and struggles with weight are a chronic disease, just like we wouldn't judge people who struggle with blood pressure. We shouldn't judge people who struggle with weight because some people it's multifactorial. There's going to be so many different reasons for a person's struggle with weight. And with the, the ability to be able to see a physician who is trained and has studied preventive and lifestyle medicine and obesity medicine and be able to utilize all the tools, have a personalized wellness plan and plus or minus the addition of FDA approved medications for weight loss along that journey to transition to that healthier weight, prevent and reverse those chronic diseases. It is amazing, but it's not the same as a weight loss clinic. I like to tell people that it's not the same as going to a weight loss clinic and just getting a shot by somebody who has no idea how this affects you, what things to screen for. So it's a blessing that Sacramento has you doing that there. And of course, I love doing that here in Las Vegas at Inspire Primary Care. 
And so let's go back uh, before, since we're on the weight loss, I do want to touch on the aesthetics because your practice is also unique in the fact that there is a med spa-like component. So how do the aesthetics look in your office? Yeah. So just to give you a little background on how that even came about, (laughs) there's a long story behind it, but to make it short, when I decided to open up my business, I, I didn't even want to do medicine anymore. I was so burnt out. I, I, I just said, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I'm so serious. And as time went on and I left the, 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 the company that I was working for, people started asking me certain questions. And I said, oh, wow, okay. No, I love medicine. It's just the the place that I was working for that I didn't like. And so... In that journey where I didn't like medicine, I started dabbling in aesthetics. I was like, oh, I want to do laser hair removal. I want to do facials, chemical peels. I actually got trained to do all of these things. And I have them here in my clinic. But now that I've you know, found my love for medicine all over again, I actually hired an esthetician. So she does the facials, the microchanneling and things, the hydrofacials. Um, I do the laser hair removal in which eventually I will hire a nurse to take that over so I can just focus on primary care and the weight loss. But that's how that came into um, this practice. Uh, I love that. When I first opened, I I was thinking I wanted to do an Inspire Spa component to the practice. However, I've met so many awesome estheticians and and become friends with excellent med spas in town that I would prefer to just refer to them. But I think it's amazing for the direct primary care doctors who do love to do that in-house to have that service. And what I want to, you know, share with people that are listening in different parts of, you know, the country is that when you go to a direct primary care office, each direct primary care office is different and the doctor can offer the services that they're trained in, that they enjoy providing, they can add different things. So you will see different services offered in different direct primary care practices. But the whole um, thing that makes us all the same, if you will, is that we do the care for a membership model. Okay. Right. And so now I want to ask you about the access because Another thing that's different in every direct primary care is what this direct physician access looks like exactly. And this is good for the patients to know. And we have lots of doctors who listen to the She Inspires podcast. And there may be doctors that are insurance-based listening that are thinking about direct primary care, but are scared to go into it because they don't want to be available 24-7 and not have a life when they already feel like they don't have a life in the insurance-based office, right? So what does direct physician access and those boundaries look like in your practice? Yes. So (laughs) when I first started, I thought I had to be on call and give all this access beyond the hours that I was open. And I realized I don't have to. Um, This is what you make it. And so, and then listening to your podcast as well, because you drop a lot of jewels, I, I, I have my boundaries and the patients respect it. If you make it clear in the beginning, these are my hours, you can access me through these channels and I will respond within 24 hours. They're okay with it. Cause you guess what? You're answering them faster than their doctor in the larger companies. <laughs> so they're grateful for it. So yeah, having those boundaries and um, making sure that you have a life, that's what direct primary care is all about. You do not have to be on call 24 seven. You can create your own happiness. Absolutely. So I like to explain it like direct primary care allows 
a great quality of life for the physician and a high quality of care for the patient. It is a win-win for both parties versus insurance-based in my experience and yours and every other (laughs) doctor I have talked to and are friends with, um, it's a miserable situation in the insurance-based system for the doctor and the patient. And so that is why I love direct primary care so much. And and my boundaries, I've talked about them on the podcast. And it's basically, I'm available Monday through Friday, eight to five. They can text me, they can email me anytime, but I'll answer it the next business day. But they are going to hear from me right away. As soon I check text messages between patient appointments, my patients say all this time, like, oh my God, I didn't even expect you to respond back so fast. And that's because my cell phone is next to me. All of our cell phones are next to me and they have my number. And so when they text me, when my patient appointment is over, I text them back and I email them back and I text them back and say, yep, your, your prescription's at the pharmacy, no problem. And so that is the difference, right? right. But for the doctors listening, that can be during business hours. There is not a reason to, that nobody in any career field should be available 24 seven. That's just not sustainable, right? Exactly. And so- This is going to be our final question. It's a two-part question. I feel like I could ask you questions all day because this is what we do. This is what we love. But I want to end with a two-part question. The first part of it, and this is basically what you would say to somebody that has been thinking about direct primary care. But the first part of it, I just want to hear what you would say to from the patient perspective. What would you say to someone who is a patient or a potential patient um, listening that has been thinking about joining a direct primary care office? They're tired of the hassles and frustrations and delayed of the insurance-based office, but they're scared. A lot of patients tell me that they're just scared to try something new. They've never heard of this. And this is their health care. You know, it's something serious that they're not necessarily willing to just trust to a, a, a type of style they've never heard of, right? So what would you say to patients listening or potential patients listening that are interested in joining direct primary care, but they're scared? <laughs> so yes, I have encountered some patients like that. I let them know because, you know, they don't know you. And so they, you are right. They're not trying to just throw their entire life into your hands without getting to know you a little better. I tell them, you know, you don't have to get rid of your primary care doctor that you have right now. We could actually work together. Um, it's 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 a it's a cohesive, you know, um, joint effort here. Not just oh, you only see me and forget about your other doctor. Most of the time, they'll leave the other doctor and just stay with uh, with me. But um, it's a it's a joint effort, so they don't have to leave their previous doctor. Yeah, and I tell people that it is a healthcare team, especially if they do have an HMO plan and it's not a PPO plan, right? And so a lot of times with those HMO insurance plans, you do still need that insurance-based primary care doctor to place the referral for a specialist, for example, so that your insurance will pay for it. So I think of people, when I talk to people about this, I tell them, this is your healthcare team. And while I consider myself the quarterback of the team, I am still collaborating with other physicians. So um, I think that's really helpful to let people know it it doesn't have to be a quick cutoff, like cutting the umbilical cord. It can be a transition once they feel comfortable. So that's great. I love that advice. And the second part to that question is, what would you say to physicians that are listening that have been thinking about direct primary care and especially in your position, because they've heard my position as someone who transitioned straight from residency, but most physicians are working in insurance-based practices and they're going to be transitioning 
or thinking about that transition from a whole different state. They're used to um, a physician lifestyle and income and used to working in the system. So what would you say to an insurance-based primary doctor who's listening that wants to have a better lifestyle and wants to be happy like we are, but (laughs) they are nervous about starting something like this? So, number one, don't be nervous. Do your homework. Um, I did a lot of research before I just jumped into this. Um, and, you know, joining the DPC docs, there's a lot of information in that Facebook, um, that Facebook um, group. Um, take your time. Don't just spend a ton of money on equipment and a big space. I mean, I, I've actually, I actually did that. And looking back, I wish I would have just maybe gotten a one room because literally that's all you need is one room to make the magic happen. Cause they're coming to see you and all you need is your test, your stethoscope and your knowledge, your brain, that's it. So, you know, a lot of us have a side gig while we're doing this. I mean, I still work part-time somewhere else. And then I, I'm here part-time at my clinic until it grows. And so it can happen. You don't have to just completely say, okay, I'm here full-time at my new clinic. I don't have any patients. I don't have any money. No, you still get another job (laughs) and work part-time so you can support yourself. And if you can save up some money before you take the big leap, but just don't jump off the, you know, the the bridge and get this big glamorous space because that will come in time. You'll see. Absolutely. For the doctors listening, a book I highly recommend is called The Lean Startup. I definitely followed the lean startup approach. It's basically where, like you said, I have a one room office on one side of the office. I interview my patients on the other side of the office. We do our exam. It is beautiful. It's modern. My patients always comment on how beautiful it is. And it's a one room office and my overhead is super low. That made us profitable very soon. And I also did urgent care shifts on the side while my practice grew. Thankfully, I'm able I quit urgent care and I'm full time in the business now. But that was a part of that low overhead transition lean startup approach. And it's amazing to have a practice that's debt free, that's profitable, where I'm able to serve my patients without being stressed to find people who aren't a good fit for my practice. Right. And so um any physicians listening that are interested in DPC, you can always reach out to me at Dr. Jade MD. I, I coach and jump on calls all the time with doctors that just want to ask more questions. And of course, for patients that are listening, uh, I have meet and greets that I do as well. But doc, please let us know where everyone can find you, website, social media handles, and any way that you'd like people to reach out to you. Absolutely. So you can just go on my um, my website, www.infusion, that's E-N-F-U-Z-I-O-N, healthandwellness.com. My IG page is Infusion Health and Wellness, and my Facebook page is also Infusion Health and Wellness. Thank you so much for being a part of the pod today. If you are listening and you're in the Sacramento, California area, where all do you uh, serve patients? Let me ask that too. Is it just Sacramento? No, I actually have some patients coming from the Bay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Perfect. So if you are in the Sacramento Bay area, anywhere up there, or if you're in California and you're just wondering if Dr. Pacheco can be your doctor, still reach out to her anywhere in California. She's licensed in the state of California. So reach out to her, see wherever you are, if she can serve you. But if you're in the Sacramento and Bay area, you already heard that she for sure can serve you. Reach out to her. She is amazing. And of course, if you're in Las Vegas, I'd love to serve you at Inspire Primary Care. 
We're at inspireprimarycare.com. No I in front of Inspire. Join our social media family at Dr. JMD and at Inspire Primary Care. This was so awesome, Doc. Thank you again for being here. And I'll see y'all next time on the next episode of She Inspires Podcast.